there's a quote from my grandpa um, and maybe i'm remembering this because i'm only like uh 400 meters away from where my grandparents used to live um and he always said so for the english speaking audience is you just need to speak to people and he said it in a way and meant it in a way that there's nothing you can't clarify by a good conversation and a good dialogue in episode eight of the It's Possible series as part of Canada's Career Month, I welcome Benjamin Yaksh as my guest. Benjamin is an actual learning designer. He develops and designs effective and practice-focused teaching methods and learning formats. As a learning consultant, coach and speaker, he supports professionals in organizations with its implementation. In our conversation, I will talk with Benjamin about lifelong learning, authenticity, personal branding, and I look forward to hearing his It's Possible statement. Hello, Ben. Welcome to the show. Nice to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Thank you so much for coming. And it is so wonderful because of, um, you know, Corona, I haven't been able to um, go back to Germany. And so to meet somebody from my hometown, I'm just super appreciative. That's nice. So so your other guests, are they all from Canada and the US or where are they from? Well, actually, it's been quite a global, um, you know, number of guests. So we've had guests from Australia, the UK, Switzerland, mm -hmm. Germany, Canada. Yes. So all over the world. And um, now, There might be people who do not know you yet, Ben. And so what I have asked my previous guest is to introduce themselves in the working out loud method. And I don't know if you are familiar with it, but basically it is introducing yourself with five facts and the facts could be anything. So one of my facts might be I love black licorice and, you know, mm. I have two kids. That that could be facts as well as, you know, what, you know, you do for a profession okay uh i i have heard of working out loud but i i wasn't aware that there's a method that's used in working out loud to introduce yourself so that's that's new for me so fact number one i know what working out loud is <laughs> um fact number two um i love technical stuff so that's why even though i'm right now in my parents house i brought most of my gear and my parents house isn't in munich um fact number three i was born in memmingen uh memmingen is about 100 kilometers west of munich for those of you who probably don't know memmingen um i'm passionate about learning that's fact number four um and i'm also very passionate about movement That sounds great. And, you know, as you've just talked about um, movement, mm -hmm. that was actually my first question. Mm -hmm. So we have, and I would also like to welcome everybody who's watching us live or in, um, during the replay or later as part of um, the podcast, um, Job Sharing and Beyond, where I will publish this as an episode. 
And so um, when I was researching you, I encountered that parkour really was a life-changing, um, you know, decision-making regarding your career. Mm. And so I would love for our listeners to learn more about this. Could you share that, please? Um, so you mean parkour in general or why it was such a important right. moment for me? Exactly, because you mentioned you love movement. And mm -hmm. so I would like to understand because often people might think um, a career is driven maybe going from one position or one job or company to the other. Mm -hmm. And it might be not as obvious, especially for maybe somebody just starting their career, how something like parkour actually influenced your career strongly. Okay, so... I think the first um, thing to understand about parkour as a discipline or as a sport is that the main idea isn't that it's in any way spectacular, which to an outside viewer, it looks like, oh, wow, what are they doing there? Um, but the inside view of parkour as a sport might be very boring uh, for the fact that what you're doing is you go to a place where society has found a way how to interact with that place like a public um, area with benches with walls with stairs so there's like a uh, a way that everybody's used to how to interact with that environment and what you're doing is you try to reinvent the way how to interact with that area um, with whatever's given to you and this is one of the and I, I'm getting goosebumps now because I know what it feels like when you go there and you start crawling up and down stairs, you start jumping from wall to wall, you start climbing walls, you start jumping down from stuff. Not for the fact that it might look interesting, but for the fact that you suddenly realize, hmm, we've we've always referred to this as stairs and by referring to something as stairs, this also kind of connects away how we're interacting with it. When you then go there and start to interact with the object differently, the object and your view of the object changes. And this was the main effect that parkour had on me when then I came back to my work environment. And you know the situation when you're in a meeting and... Um, we're talking about a challenge and everybody in the room views the challenge as stairs. So everyone is like, there's only one way how to interact with those stairs because we're used to that. And that was the moment when I started realizing, hmm, maybe we can do the same thing here that I did just yesterday when I was <laughs> outside jumping down from stuff. Uh, and that's when I noticed that what was happening at the company and what was happening in my mind kind of got separate ways, which uh, was also the moment when I realized that I need to do something on my own for now. So, And that was why this was such a eye-opening, career-changing, really interesting moment for me. And so, you know, when you are when you were like maybe in your early 20s or you know just 
finishing off, you know, your degree. Mm-hmm. Did what kind of vision of your career did you have? Mm. And then besides, you know, being influenced by parkour, what other aspects, you know, happened that maybe changed your career or, you know, when you look back on it now, mm-hmm. what has happened? So going back to the moment when I uh, was just graduating, what I knew back then was that um, because I did um, in Germany, it's called dual studium uh, in, in the US and UK, you would sometimes refer to it as something like a sandwich course because you're switching between university and uh, already an employer. Mm-hmm. What I knew for a fact was that I didn't want to stay directly at the site of the company that I started off with. Um, but I could imagine a career inside the company. So I um, went to the UK for half a year to do an internship at the same company. And during the time there, I found out that I kind of like what I was doing there because I was in the sales support and then applied for a job in the headquarter in Munich in product management, which at the time was extremely unusual because at this company, I was the youngest ever, ever, ever to begin in product management because every other product manager was at least 35 years old. I was 23, um, but they didn't regret it and I didn't. So that's <laughs> that's at least good in retrospect. And so after my, um, after my internship for half a year, I then uh, started in the headquarter in Munich um, and did that for five years. Um, so, yeah. And so, so then, you know, like, so you did this as your, um, first position, but Mm -hmm. where you are today, Mm -hmm. you are running, like, you know, you are working, um, independently, you are hosting like in English it would be a learned radio, which I would love to talk a little bit more Mm -hmm. life. And you're doing so many different things that, Mm -hmm. you know, your background is a technical degree. Yeah. How, like for somebody who is listening to us and is, you know, just graduating, they might think, how did this happen? What, what changed either, you know, did you have role models? Well, what made you decide, okay, this is not, you know, maybe the career I had envisioned uh-huh. originally? Uh, that's uh, that's an excellent question. And mm, I think what happened, and I think this is also something that I like to talk to, to um, people that are just graduating. So if you're listening to this and you're just graduating, this might be something for you. Because what I realized, I think, was that um, studying electrical engineering for me was like the economically best choice because I had a good um, degree from school and I could basically study anything. Um, But I made the wisest choice at the point economically. Now, what I realized through parkour, which... If, if I had to put it in one sentence was um, I got to know myself 
a lot better than ever before. What happened then was that I realized my actual degree and my um, actual apprenticeship that I had done for years before was that I started tutoring when I was 12. And this, I think, was the most influential factor for me because I continued doing that through my studies, through the time that I started working. Uh, so I have been doing tutoring for 21 years now. Um, and this is when I realized through my time with parkour that there was actually something that I was extremely passionate about. Um, and there was something that I could look at this from the same perspective that I was doing in parkour, the, um, let's say the societal accepted way uh, was studying electrical engineering, but looking at it from a new standpoint would be, let's look at what I'm capable of with what, what I'm given and try something new here. And that was the point when I started working for Freeletics, which is a digital fitness startup um, that has been very successful in Germany, still is kind of successful. And um, I think they've started in the US a couple of years back. Uh, and this was the first step for me towards independence because I then already um, took a step back um, money-wise. So my salary that I got at Freeletics was about half the salary that I could have gotten if I had continued the, um, the path that I started. But I was at a point when this decision didn't come really hard to me because I knew this was a decision that I made um, really from my heart and really following my passions. And there hasn't been a single day when I uh, regretted that step. Um, and since you asked um, for role models, I think I've I've always worked with different role models from different areas. So there's not one single person that I'm following. Um, and I'm kind of, I think I'm, I'm actually even a bit allergic when people say like Elon Musk is my uh, role model or Steve Jobs. Of course, they've done great stuff, but um, I don't know. I don't know why why I reacted to this like that, but I know that I have a couple of people um, that I follow for specific reasons. For example, there's a couple from, I think he's from the Czech Republic and she's from Greece. They've developed a method called Fighting Monkey. Um, they're very well known in the physical movement space and those are my absolute role models when it comes to authenticity um, so whenever i feel like i need to learn something about this i go and watch a video from one of them um, and there are other people that i follow for specific reasons like there's a youtube channel called the future um, hosted by chris doe he's a designer who then turned teacher and um, whenever I have like an idea or a question about business things, I go and watch that channel. And I know uh, from watching those people that there's a lot that I can learn and a lot that I'm interested in. 
That is so interesting. And you know, when we make this into a podcast episode, I will be sure to put in the show notes to yeah. the links to all of these people, because to be honest, I have not heard of them. So it's really interesting to learn. And just like you, I really love learning. And I mm -hmm. feel it is such an important, um, you know, way to look at things that Mm -hmm. To be honest, maybe when I was much younger, I had this impression that, I don't know, at some point in one's life, learning will stop and one retires. Maybe that was, and you know, that might be also culturally different countries have mm -hmm. different attitudes. But now, you know, the older I get, I'm 52, and the more I realize that it is really the importance is all about lifelong learning mm -hmm. and that so many things can teach one something just as you had just mentioned about parkour that mm -hmm. I just didn't realize when I was younger that the impact different aspects can have on one's life. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there might be somebody listening who is already been in a career or work position for a mm -hmm. couple of years and is feeling or wondering if they should be leaving this position because they don't know if they really can learn more within that organization mm -hmm. or meet more people within this organization to, you know, spark more learning. And so mm -hmm. what would you recommend to somebody who is eager to learn more, but doesn't really know if that organization is a right place to do that? So of course I wouldn't, and, and I can only speak from my own experience here because um, when I realized that inside the organization that I started off, um, which is a company based in Munich um, and they're quite big. So they have uh, 10,000 employees worldwide and they're international organization. And um, I approached um, some managers in the organization with exactly that question. And I said, if I stay in the area where I'm right now, I think I'm, going to leave very soon um, and so I approached a couple of people inside the organization that I knew uh, and I was very open um, about changing my career path and um, they offered me a new position inside the company that sounded interesting at first but then at the same time I learned about the job opening at Freeletics applied for that as well and the decision for me was in the end very easy because I just had a completely different feeling about leaving uh, this first organization and going to Freeletics. Um, so if someone's looking for a recommendation, um, I would say don't like quit tomorrow. <laughs> um, be open about this, that you actually want to learn more and try to find out if there's a way that you can do this inside the organization where you are because sometimes and managers, most managers have a very stressful job. So they don't really realize if you want to do something different or you want to have like a different position. So maybe the first step is to kind of um, make them notice that you're actually there to learn something and you do want to learn something. Um, if that fails, and if uh, there's no room inside an organization for you to grow or to, to develop, then I don't see a reason why uh, you should stay there 
any longer than necessary. But then again, um, you can, it depends, it depends what you want, because I mean, I'm uh, surely part of a generation that is looking for some sort of purpose inside their work. And I'm also working with a younger generation with pupils that will soon graduate from school. When I talk to them, they don't really care about purpose in their work life. They say they want job security. They want something that pays their bills and they'll look for purpose elsewhere. So that also depends which kind of person are you? Are you the kind of person that is looking for personal fulfillment inside your job? Um, and that's where for me, parkour was really handy because at that point I had a feeling that I knew myself really well. So that decision came in easy. Um, so maybe for you, if you're listening and you're thinking about that, maybe you also need to find a way to get yourself to know yourself a little bit better. If you feel like, Hmm, actually, I'm not so sure about this. And I, I think this is such an important point. And, mm -hmm. you know, you talk about authenticity. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's like, you know, sometimes people maybe have these images, especially on Instagram of like, mm -hmm. you know, like, but at the end of the day, it is so important to know oneself and mm -hmm. talk about it authentically. And mm -hmm. like, you know, that's, what I would love to know, you run the Learn Radio or uh -huh. Learn Radio, and I'd love to learn a little bit more how you came up with this. Because, you know, to be honest, to me, live radio or live, what we're doing right now has a large amount of authenticity to it yeah. because mm -hmm. you can't really plan it as well. So could you share with our listeners and viewers? So first of all, I have to give uh, Undine some credit. Undine, uh, her full name is Undine Zumpe. She's uh, connected with me uh, on LinkedIn and she came up with the name. So um, it wasn't my idea to call the whole thing Lernradio. But I think... And I, I need to scroll back in my own feed to find out. I think it was only maybe three months ago, maybe two months ago, that I got the um, the LinkedIn Live um, like allowance certification. Mm -hmm. So you need to apply for this. For those of you who don't know, you need to apply um, within LinkedIn, and then you like you get the go. You're able and allowed to do this. And when I got it, I was. I wasn't really intrigued at first because I had seen a couple of really boring live talks um, and people experimenting with it where I, I was sure I'm not going to do it like this. Then um, beginning of this year, I moved into a studio in Munich and that's the whole equipment uh, to produce a live radio with music is there. And so I kind of remembered that as a, and it was actually in this room. So I grew up in this room. Uh, I was allowed to leave, so <laughs> I didn't just stay in that room, but this was my room when I grew up. And I remember that I was sitting on the floor here with a, um, with a tape recorder, recording my own voice and mixing it with music uh, because I kind of dreamed about having my own radio show when I was maybe 13, maybe 14 years old. And this year when I got this uh, certificate and 
I moved into the studio, I kind of remembered, wouldn't it be interesting to like run a LinkedIn live uh, and produce it as a kind of radio show? That was the, um, the thought that I started out with. And the idea behind the whole uh, learning radio is that number one, it's my playground where I learn. That's why it's not perfect. That's why there are spontaneous things. That's why I, like this morning, I invite people spontaneously and tell them two minutes before if they want to be on my show. Uh, that's why um, stuff that happens there is always moving, is always different. Um, and on the other hand, it's also called learning radio because I have a lot of talks with other people um, where I just want to learn something from them. And um, I thought, well, why not stream them when I'm having those talks anyway um, so other people can learn from them too? Um, because I think one of the things that I'm supposedly good at is asking good questions. Uh, so all like all streams came together and it was like this big sign, you have to do this. Uh, only in the beginning, I didn't have a name for it. And then I talked to Undine, who's really good with words. And she said, why don't you call it Lern Radio? And here we are. <laughs> now, you know, somebody who might be listening to us, mm -hmm. you know, might think, wow, this is an amazing idea. I would love to do this one day. But mm -hmm. they might think that takes a lot of courage because you are mm -hmm. ultimately putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to them? Oh, that's a good question. Um, because um, I'm now I'm now also like contracted by by LinkedIn to do these Rockio profile sessions where mm -hmm. we talk about digital visibility with your LinkedIn profile, and this is a very common question. Now, for one, when you start off, I think your fear um, shouldn't be as big because when you start off no one really sees what you're doing maybe maybe that calms you if you if you hear this uh, yeah. and not a lot of people will be watching not a lot of people will be listening and also i mean i'm doing my lern radio since a couple of weeks now uh, sometimes three people are listening sometimes 25 people are watching um, and in the end of course i think it It might be, and I'm not so sure about the science behind that, it might be a personality trait that I just don't really care what um, what people think about my quality in that sense. Um, it might be because I started reading uh, to people in church when I was 13, 12, maybe. So um, I'm very used to standing in front of audiences. Um, so I personally don't have a problem with it, but I do understand when people say, um, well, what will the others say about me? Um, and we actually talked about this this morning, um, because we talked about, um, the typical mechanical engineer that wants to get started on LinkedIn, for example, and has the same fear that you just described. Now, from my point of view, Of course, when I'm doing something that's public, I don't want to make any obvious mistakes that have to do with my expertise. So, for example, when I say that 
my expertise is in communication or my expertise is in public speaking and I have some supposed errors there or some supposed um, difficulties, uh, then people will say, wait a minute, uh, you've said you're very good at that. If at the same time I'm saying I'm a mechanical engineer, I'm good at 3D printing stuff, um, no one will really care if you're not really good at camera positioning, at whatever it is that doesn't have to do with your actual expertise. Um, and if people say that, well, this is only something that makes you a lot more human. Right. If you do something that um, isn't as polished and like you said, um, the life experience isn't polished. That's what makes it so tangible for me. And that's why um, when I talk to people um, that maybe I haven't talked to before, they only know me from my content. Um, 95% of the people say you're exactly like I expected uh, because they've seen so much of me and it's not like polished or uh, filtered so that's something that's for me is a big compliment so yeah i hope that helps people that are a bit um maybe a bit too cautious yeah i i really think that that helps and mm -hmm. it's interesting that you know that's how i found you originally on linkedin <laughs> Because yeah. I happened to be listening to a couple of your videos and I felt yeah. you came across as such an authentic speaker and I felt it would be wonderful for our viewers and listeners to hear your experience and to hear, you know, why you're doing what you're doing today. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's really nice. And um, yeah, like I said, I'm really happy uh, that we're talking now. And now, you know, as it is the part of the um, Canada Career Month and the theme is It's Possible, mm -hmm. I've asked my guests before to maybe share an It's Possible statement for mm -hmm. our listeners related to the career or career growth. Mm -hmm. What would you say? Okay. Mm. Somehow... If, if I'm looking at the, or if I'm thinking about the stack of things that I could say <laughs> on, on top, on top of the stack, um, there's a quote from my grandpa. Um, and maybe I'm remembering this because I'm only like, uh, 400 meters away from where my grandparents used to live. Um, and he always said, so for the English speaking audience is you just need to speak to people. And he said it in a way and meant it in a way that there's nothing you can't clarify by a good conversation and a good dialogue. And speaking to your it's possible question, I've made this experience, I don't know how many times, but there's one story that comes to my mind uh, and this is how I... Um, won a really big customer um, by commenting on a post on LinkedIn from someone in a position in this company. And I didn't know at the time what rank he was or where in the hierarchy he was. I just saw he's working for that company and he was doing something that I liked. So what I did was I opened a conversation in 
a comment and then sent him a connection request, sent him a question, could we maybe talk about this? I think this is a really interesting approach. I'm also working with young talents uh, and I'm really curious about how you approach this. Um, and then he was very open and he said, yeah, sure, let's have a chat. Um, maybe you make an appointment with my assistant. And that was the first moment when I thought, okay, he has an assistant. <laughs> he must be like in an important position. And uh, a few days later, I made an uh, appointment with his assistant and I talked to someone who was also in the, in the same company. And he said, do you know who this is? <laughs> and it's like, well, it's this guy. And he said, yeah, but he's like part of the top management. And this is a company that has 300,000 employees worldwide. And he's part of the top management. And he invited me for a coffee because I said, I'm really curious about the approach that you're doing there. Um, maybe we can have a chat about this. And for me, since then, this is like the, um, I would say my, for myself, also the most inspiring story for myself that I'll never stop sending out these requests. I'll never stop approaching people like this because I've also seen far too many people uh, that complain about certain things. And when I approach them and ask them, who have you talked to? Who have you tried to talk to about this? Well, yeah, but everybody's so blah, blah, blah. But who have you actually approached openly with questions? And in the end, you find out you actually haven't tried to talk to anyone about this and then you know who's to blame <laughs> uh, because this is something i think that i've always done and of course uh, and to everyone who this might sound like um i'm always at the right point and the right time i think i've sent out hundreds of messages where no one has ever replied i've made these requests and i've made these um like these open connection requests with probably tens or hundreds of people. But that's okay because um, not everybody is open to talk. Not everyone has the time to talk and that's fine. But if you don't try, well, then it's only you who's to blame because um, most of the people that you approach like this with an open mind and a curious question, they'll say yes. That is such an awesome story. Thank you so much for sharing because, and I agree, it's like if you don't try, the answer 100% yeah. is no, right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is like the guarantee that the answer yeah. will be no because there's no question. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So now, is there anything in our conversation today that we have not addressed yet that you would like to tell or share with our listeners and viewers? I think now, um, what now comes to my mind, since we're talking about learning, um, learning isn't a linear process. Um, because you also mentioned that coming out of school, we have coming out of school or maybe graduating from university, we kind of have this I fixed idea of what learning is and what it isn't. Um, and in some way, it's a very linear process that you do like this and then you um, you have a test and then you have another linear process here and then you have another test and it's always like this. Um, you do something and then you have a test. But learning is um, 
a cyclic process or a circular process. So you always learn in circles and you're always coming back to the same points. But when you're coming back to the same points, you'll come back to those um, with a changed mindset or maybe even a completely different perspective. There's this very, very old saying, I think it's from Greek mythology, man never steps in the same river twice. Um, I think it's from Greek or uh, Roman um, literature. And I think this is exactly what you need to be aware of, that um, learning is always possible and it's always happening. So uh, if you stop learning is similar to if you stop breathing, you won't last long. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and there's no way that this um, has a good outcome. So once you realize that, and once you find a way to um, take action yourself, instead of feeling like this is done to you, um, well, you can discover really beautiful things. This I is, think. yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And this is such a perfect ending. Now, how can people connect with you then? So um, I'm a very open book in LinkedIn. So um, I do have a homepage and I'm pretty sure you'll share this as well, but uh, there's not a lot on it. Um, but do feel free to contact me on LinkedIn. If you're English speaking, then uh, you can still connect and contact me. Uh, I think I'm capable enough of uh, speaking English, but my content is 95% in German. So, uh, but contacting and connecting, feel free to do so. If you got inspired by this, if you have questions about this, if you feel like you have a question for me, please feel free to contact me on LinkedIn. Uh, and I'm always happy to talk. I'm always happy to have a chat. Thank you so much, Ben, for coming onto the show. This was so inspiring. And you had so many great, <clears throat> sorry, great, <clears throat> sorry, now I have to, sorry. Yeah, it isn't Corona. I think that's. But no, thank you very much because I feel people learn so much from other people telling yes. their story, their experiences. And so when somebody might come to a point where they are either concerned, scared, or don't know what to do, they might think back and say, oh, Ben just contacted this guy. I mm. might as well try this too and yeah. see. And I think the fact that you said not everybody's going to respond, but one just keeps trying. I think that mm. is a very inspiring, you know, message for our viewers and listeners. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Uh, and maybe, maybe this is a, a quote to end from Ken Robinson. Ken Robinson, who sadly died last year who was one of the most famous, um, I'd say, education researchers and creativity um, advocates who said that um, ed the, the the, sorry, <laughs> the essence of education is a relationship. So for education, we don't need books. We don't need the internet. We don't need a table, not even a building. 
the essence of education is a relationship between two people. One who's got a challenge and the other who's interested in helping him or her. And this is the essence of education. And I think by approaching our own challenges like this openly and with a curious mind and with people that have the same idea about this, there's so much more that we can do in a completely different way in education. And um, I'm happy that I'm living in this time, I think. And I'm happy that I can do something about it. Thank you so much, Ben. Thanks for having really me. Nice. Have, a, have a good one. You too. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We hope you gained valuable insights and new ideas. To keep listening to future episodes, please head over to iTunes or your favorite player and subscribe and give it a rating. We would very much appreciate a review and for you to share it on social media so more people can start innovating in how they offer employment. Until the next time, goodbye.